Hey, this is Jacob, and you are listening to the Stone Creek Youth Podcast, a collection of conversations and messages that we believe will help unleash you to your God-breathed horizon. If you're new here, let me be the first to say welcome. We'd love for you to check us out on Instagram at StoneCreekYTH or join one of our weekly Zoom calls. Again, thanks for being here. We'll be right back with this week's message. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jacob, and again, you are listening to the Stone Creek Youth Podcast. This week, we're talking about friendship. We're actually in a series, and this is week two, but I want to start this off by saying, number one, I love you, and if you haven't heard that lately, please know I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You are loved. You are loved by God, and you are not an accident in this world. And I don't believe it's an accident that you're listening to this today. I think God wants to speak to you. And so I hope as we explore the scriptures and we learn together that you open your heart up towards him because he wants to do a significant work in your life. You know, friendship is a very important thing to God. I was actually reading in the book of Job the other day. Now hang with me, I'm going somewhere with this. But I came across this statement that Job made when he was defending his righteousness or his right standing before God to his friends. Now, I should probably give a little bit of context. If you haven't heard this story, it's found in the Old Testament. There's a book spelled J-O-B. Some people think it may be Job, but it's actually the book of Job. And the book of Job describes the life of this man who was righteous before God. The Bible actually describes him as blameless, a man of complete integrity and a man who feared God and stayed away from evil. But despite Job's good standing with the Lord, we read in the following chapters about a very interesting conversation that happens between God and Satan. We see Satan entering the throne room of God and boldly stating that Job is only faithful because God blesses him. Satan goes on to say that if you were to take away his blessings, he would turn away from you. Or in other words, he would stop worshiping you. I find this next part shocking. God actually gives Satan permission to attack Job. The enemy, or Satan, then takes his family, takes his livestock, and back in the day, livestock were considered wealth. The more you had, the richer you were. And so, this is a pretty bizarre unfolding of events. Eventually, God gives Satan permission to take away Job's health. So now we see Job with nothing. But in the book of Job, specifically about the next 20 or so chapters, we see Job defending himself to his friends, quote unquote anyway. His friends think that he sinned and that's why all of these bad things are happening to him. But Job is attempting to convince them that all of these bad things happened without reason. Now fast forward to Job 29. I'm going somewhere. Job is making a strong declaration to his friends. He's describing his life before the series of unfortunate events. And he says this statement that just took me by surprise. And this is what it says. Job told his friends that the friendship of God was felt in his home. Wait, what? The friendship of God was felt in my home. I read that and I was like, what does that mean? I kid you not. I read this and I was just shaken to the core. 
And I knew this was powerful. And I had to unpack it and share it with you all. Because like I already said, friendship is a gift from God. And it's one of the most important relationships we will have in this life. So we need to know how to be a friend and how to make the right friends. And secondly, we need to know what it means to be a friend of God. Because I don't believe it's a cute idea that we tell people. And it's not cliche. I really think this concept is very powerful and only reserved for a few. Not everyone is God's friend. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. There's actually only a few people throughout the Bible that are described as God's friend. To name a few, like I said, Job, who mentioned that the friendship of God was felt in his home. In Genesis chapter 5, there's this character named Enoch. And it says that Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship or friendship with God. Then, one day, he disappeared because God took him. In James chapter 2, verse 23, James says he, when describing Abraham, was even called the friend of God. And in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, it says, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. After reading this short list, my question became, why them? How did they become friends with God? And the more I thought about this question, I had to think about what friendship truly was. Have you ever had a moment where you think you know something and then someone asks you what it is and you freeze? Because the answer is so simple that it feels like the wrong answer. Like your teacher asks you in class, what's two plus two? And you're sitting there in your mind thinking, I, I know this, but what if I say it out loud and it's wrong? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Because this was the conversation I was having with myself. But after a while, I came to the conclusion that friendship has to be based on four truths. And this is what they are. Number one, you have to have something in common with the person. Whether it's sports, video games, you can fill in the blank with anything. You have to have something in common with that person. Number two, you have to know one another. You can't be strangers and consider yourself friends. Number three, you have to care for one another. It's not enough that you know who the other person is. Do you care about them? Would you go out of your way and would they go out of their way to help you? And the last one is you trust one another. You trust one another. Now, I, I think the first three are pretty self-explanatory, but I want to focus on the fourth truth about trust. And I want to bring this message full circle by sharing how it relates to be a friend of God. I'm going to give this whole message way up front. So I hope y'all are ready for this. You might want to write this down. Are you ready? To be a friend of God means that God has to trust you. I'll say it one more time in case you didn't hear me. To be a friend of God means that God has to trust you. Any strong friendship is, is built on mutual trust. So it's not enough that you trust God. God has to be able to trust you. Let me show you this. It's in the Bible, right in Psalm 25, 14. This is what it says. Friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear him. That's an interesting choice of words. 
friendship with the Lord is reserved, which means it's exclusive. It's not something everyone has access to. Let me say it like this. I can't just walk into a gym without a membership, right? Now, that doesn't mean I'm not welcome. The invitation is open, and most gyms would like you to join them. But until I am willing to pay, until I'm, until I'm willing to put a price on it, I don't get the exclusive right to work out at that gym. Let's dive a little bit deeper. Friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who, what? Fear Him. Fear Him. Now, let me explain what that means because that can seem like a weird term. Fear God? That does not mean that you and I are scared of God. And it does not mean that we are afraid of God. When the Bible says fear God, it means that you respect who God is and what he has spoken. You get this concept more than you think you do. It's similar to when a parent or a guardian in your life asks you to, let's say, clean your room or do the dishes or pick up your dirty shoes in front of the floor. I mean, can anyone relate? You do what they ask because you respect who they are. Okay, I I get it, Jacob, but what are you getting at? What I'm getting at is that if you want the exclusive friendship of God in your life, you have to be a person who God can trust. And that comes from respecting who he is and obeying what he says in this book we call the Bible. Let's go back to the book of Job. The Bible describes him as someone who feared God and stayed away from evil. Or in other words, Job respected God and did what he said. That's the description of someone who can trust God. I can remember in middle and high school wondering what my purpose in this life was, wondering if my life mattered, and I felt like I constantly strived to prove that I was worth knowing and loving. It's amazing what you do to feel important. It wasn't until my sophomore year of high school, though, that it finally clicked for me. And I realized God is real. And because God is real, he is worth believing when he says he loves me and he has a plan and purpose for my life. Now, recognizing that truth did not automatically make me a friend of God. I had to begin, I had to begin a journey and show God that I was trustworthy, which mean which meant I had to turn away from sin in my life, secret sin like pornography or unforgiveness, and even not-so-secret sins like anger and pride to let God know that I truly want everything He had for me. I wanted God's blessing, but God could not bless who I pretended to be. I had to find new friends, and I had to begin seeking God in prayer and through reading my Bible, and as I did, I promise everything changed for me. It didn't feel like it was me against the world anymore and everyone was against me and I had to constantly prove myself worth. I finally found peace in knowing who I was and knowing that I was loved by God and knowing that God had a purpose for my life and that I'm not an accident because I started to fear God. I started to have a respect for him and a reverence for who he was and what he said in my life. I'm still on this journey, but I am farther down the road 
letting you know that this is the best life, the Christian walk that you could ever live. And every day, you and I have to make a decision to fight for our friendship with God. I have to fight to be somebody that God trusts and somebody that trusts God. And truth be told, there will always be something or someone in your life competing for your friendship with God. There will always be people or possessions that challenge your heart and pull you away from a loving God and obeying what he says. And with that, I say, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't just give your trust to anybody or anything. Trust in God and learn how to be a person that God can trust by living a God-honoring life. Hear me out. Being successful in this life is not about how much money you make. It's not about how many pairs of shoes you have. And it's not about how many people like you. It's about having a friendship with God. And your purpose in this life is not to be the most popular. It's not to be self-made, which that's a myth, by the way. And it's not to have the most eyes on you. Your purpose, why you were created, is to simply be in relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And in comparison with that, nothing else truly matters. So as I close tonight in prayer, I just want to let you know, God loved you enough to send his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. He took your punishment. He took your sin. He took your shame so that there would be no barriers between you and God. And he did it so you could know God and experience the life God intended you to. There is no greater love than this. Friendship with God is worth pursuing. So let's resolve to be people who trust God and become people that God can trust. Would you bow your head with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray over each and every person under the sound of my voice, and I ask that you would make them into somebody that you can trust. God, I pray that you would instill the fear of the Lord, the respect for God into each and every one of our hearts, and that you would help us to be as your servant Job was, blameless, fearing you and staying away from evil. Lord, I pray that the friendship of God would be felt in our home and that you would be glorified through it all. It's in your son's name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this week's Stone Creek Youth Podcast. I pray that it blesses you. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week.